Well, hello, Faith family, and welcome to today's sermon discussion panel. I'm joined uh, by Ken Kerr. Ken, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll just dive right in. We had a, a big chunk of scripture today. It was a lot to cover. <laughs> and so I uh, just want to ask you outright, how were you helped by today's sermon? Well, first of all, I have to say, I had no idea how Pastor Kyle was going to cover Three chapters. Yeah, 1 Samuel 18, 19, and 20. <laughs> 96 verses in one sermon. Now, yet, Brother Kyle did an outstanding job of, again, focusing a passage of Scripture here in 1 Samuel um, on Christ. Uh, it is Christocentric. We, we even saw right at the end of the sermon how Christ uh, experienced much of the suffering, the, what Pastor Kyle said, when things go sideways. And Christ was another great example of that for us. Hmm. But back in the text, um, it was wonderful to see uh, how that in these three chapters, uh, using the situation of David, that God's sovereign care and his providence and his plan goes beyond our comfort level to include the downtimes in our lives. Uh, times when things are, yes, good, but also very, very difficult for us. And I'm reminded that in those downtimes that God is still close to me. He has comforted me. He has strengthened me. He has prepared me for further service for his glory and, and for the good of others. Even in those most difficult times, we learn those kinds of lessons. And so I would hope to learn from continued times of you know, prosperity as well as times of hardship, how to be a better servant for Christ until he calls me home. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, so Kyle walked out, uh, walked through th those three chapters, uh, and, then, and then he walked out three applications for us. So I wanna, I wanna state the application and then just get your thoughts on, on each one. So, um, so the first application was, when things go sideways, remember it's okay to cry. Yes. Crying is a sign of our humanity. Jesus, in his humanity, wept over the death of his friend Lazarus in right. John 11, over sinners in Jerusalem, recorded in Luke 19. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and he knew uh, what was going to happen, not only his suffering, his crucifixion and his death, but he knew there would be a resurrection. He knew there would be an ascension. And yet, the agony of that moment caused him great suffering. Um, that's recorded in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John 18. But Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7 really sums it up. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. 
Jesus cried. He understood the agony of things going sideways. And even with his full knowledge of the eventual resurrection, the immediate agony of the cross brought him to tears. And that, that speaks to me. Um, when we are brokenhearted in our humanity, we can cry. That's not a denial of our faith. Rather, it is a confession of our humanity in the midst of a fallen world. And it also expresses our confidence in God, that he cares for our longings and also for the desires of our heavenly home right. when all of these hardships will be forever history. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, very, it's very, very helpful. Uh, application number two is this. Uh, these are all when, when things go sideways. Uh, when things go sideways, remember Christ calls for supreme devotion. This particular application reminds me that our first and foremost love is to our triune God. Even the God-given loved ones of this life, parents, spouse, children, and as the example in our text, David uh, and Jonathan and, mm. and their very dear friendship. Yes. All of these relationships are temporal. They're bound to this world. But our relationship with God in Christ is eternal. Mm. It's one that, that goes beyond the hardships of this world. And our loyalty must always be first and foremost to God. Mm, yes. Our love for him must be unrivaled. And I know that there's, you know, these clingings to things on the earth that, that always come to our uh, heart's attention. But that gives us more of a longing for heaven mm. when one day our love for God will be completely unrivaled. Mm. Yes. It'll be God and God alone uh, that we will worship and he will be our supreme love. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you. In application number three, when things go sideways, remember God is sovereign, but we act. God is sovereign, but we still act. And that reminded me of uh, something on a lighter note. Um, a guy who was in the midst of a flood and he climbed up to the second floor and eventually the waters came up over the window of the second floor and he was up on the roof of his house. And a neighbor came by in a rowboat and he said, come on, uh, I'll, I'll take you over to dry land. And he said, no, no, I, I have prayed to God. And, and he will rescue me. The neighbor paddles on down and gets someone else. And the waters continue to rise. And then there's a motorboat that comes by. The fire department comes uh, trying to rescue people. And uh, 
they say, come on, we'll, we'll get you out of here. And he says, no, no. He says, God's going to come and rescue me. I have faith. Finally, the water is coming up onto the roof. And there's a helicopter overhead, rescue people. And they lower a rope and somebody yells out, grab the rope, we'll take you to dry ground. And he hollers back up, no, God will rescue me. Well, eventually the waters overtake the house, wash him away, and he drowns in the floods. And in heaven he says to God, I prayed to you, and I believed that you would rescue me. Why didn't you come? And he said, well, I sent your neighbor in a rowboat, I sent the fire department in a motorboat, and I sent the rescue folks in a helicopter. You know, our faith in a sovereign God includes action on our part. Um, And this humor may not be theologically correct in all (laughs) points, but it does illustrate our responsibility under the sovereignty of God. James chapter 2, verse 18, uh, says, I will show my faith by my works. And then again in chapter 2, verse 26, faith apart from works is dead. Now, this is all consistent with Ephesians 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. That beautiful uh, passage about our faith, by grace we've been saved through faith, It opens with these words, for by grace you have been saved through faith, in verse 8. In verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. God's given us this gift of faith, which includes living out a life of works that honor him. We are created in Christ for good works. Saving faith is safe faith that works. And I see that in this passage right here. Uh, we saw how uh, David at times had to be a little manipulative But this was his faith in a sovereign God working out the details. And I'm thankful that God has, you know, delivered David from the hand of Saul. And I know that God uh, will deliver us from our enemies as well. But it will take effort on our parts. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Ken. Yeah, it's, it's been remarkable going through 1 Samuel and seeing that overarching, the, there's the, the seed of the serpent. We see Saul, mm-hmm. the enemies of God, trying to kill God's anointed and God's sparing. And then, and then incredible that, that in, in Christ, God did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all. And, and I, I loved right. hearing that in the word today, loved exactly what, what you're saying uh, so thank you so much. Really appreciate you being here. Thank um, you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas to you all, uh, Faith family. We'll see you, uh, some of you at the Christmas Eve service, looking forward to it, and yeah. some of you that next Sunday.
Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.